technology, how the way it shapes kids. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, it sounds like pure speculation, which is my favorite thing to do. So let's let's. Well, I mean, I mean, oh, we get, you know what? We can talk about this. I have I have substantive things to add to this. So okay. well, we and you have the real life perspective of you were a child once. That's true. I, and you now have I, a child expertise who, in childdom. <laughs> to, at least a little bit, from what I remember, I, I was a child once. And uh, yeah, well, arguably, still, I'm a child. Yeah. And you have a child now who is who is a child. Yeah. And and does child things on at least on occasion. Yeah. Yep. That's true. And now she's interacting with more childs. So that's been more interesting. <laughs> more childs bringing diseases home for the whole family. And welcome to Interface. My name is Ian Fuchs. With me this week is Mr. Chase Musil, while Andrew sits uh, drunk on a boat or something. That's our understanding, yes. It's actually a fairly re- accurate representation of his daily life, although his boat is generally his couch. Yeah, whatever. You can call it what you want. Which one? I mean, he's the captain, right? So a little <laughs> far be it for me to judge a ship. Um, so we've been discussing familial things as we are fathers these days, and um, most days, that's the fact. <laughs> It seems like there was a day in my life in which something happened, and pu- since that day, I've had a, I've carried I've, a different step. I felt slightly fatherly. <laughs> <laughs> there was a hole in my heart. It's, I'm like it's slightly Grinch esque. I think is how our wives were explaining it. Right, mm-hmm. like your your heart grows um, three yeah. sizes three, at that least. Day. Yeah, <laughs> it broke the box. That's all I can say. Oh, hey, nice. That was very Susian. Three sizes a day it broke the box. That's all I can say. And so, you know, talking <laughs> when you start reading Dr. Seuss to your kids every night, you just like. There was a time where I was responding to Sarah in like prosy rhyme, and she was like, "Stop it! Oh my gosh!" So that was good. Um, but yeah, so we've. I mean, we've talked about like kid technology in the past, but you and I, having grown up within walking distance of each other, right? We have a give or take. We we can talk about our own experience as children and how technology shaped who we are and like what our experience has been thus far with children and the same sort of just, just how it's changed, right? Like right. I have a lot of speculation on this topic, which is my favorite thing to talk about. Doing doing things as a kid is is far different now than it was twenty eight and three quarters years ago. That's right. And <laughs> and um I think, I mean, we can obviously like attest to, this is everybody, right? But everybody can tell you that their parents told you how much harder they had it. Or, I mean, that's, that seems like that, that might trend, that trend might stop with us, right? Like maybe, cause I'm, I don't think I'm going to tell my kids how hard I had it because I had this like, you know, had, getting out of bed this morning. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, like I woke up and I was tired and that was like the hardest thing I've done in a while. Right. So like, no, just, okay. Um, I forgot to save before the dial up crashed. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, not, yeah, because that's a whole nother. Those are real issues, Ian. Don't you make light of my childhood? <laughs> those are serious problems. No, so so for us as kids, like, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't think we had it. We didn't have it hard, and and I don't know that my parents ever said, "Oh, I had it so hard as a kid. You have it so easy." Mine did. did that, well, <laughs> good old I mean, Rob. <laughs> uh, my uh, yeah. Mm, uh, <laughs> My mom never meant it in a demeaning way when she would, like, give examples from her childhood. Uh, other examples were meant to be that way, but my mom was not that way. My, my dad had some pretty intense examples. Anyway, so, but I feel like that's the thing. Like, you hear, like, oh, grandpa had to do this, and we had to do that, and you guys, you just 
play Pokemon on your Cartoon Network box all day. That's all you do. Right. <laughs> Rode your bike around like didn't actually. You did, why didn't you have a job at eleven? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I was working in the fields, and you guys were off playing baseball in the park. You know, whatever. I, I've, I've never felt further away from Ron Swanson in my life. So <laughs> his third job, his third job at at twelve or whatever. Um, but yeah, so like, I mean, technology for us, right, was like we were lucky. You know, we lived in rural Iowa. We, you know, I think I, I would describe like you and I as people who had more than we needed by far but we didn't have everything like i felt like we had we either had it ourselves like we had a nice sampling of all like the fun things that were out or we knew someone who had it first party who we were able to play with sure like i never had a nintendo you did yeah and i never never had a game gear and you did right (laughs) i also didn't have a garage full of batteries to supply that (laughs) nobody did (laughs) kmart had a garage full of batteries (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah I, i felt like technology you know it obviously like you know, growing up in the nineties, we got to see a bunch of really cool stuff. And especially in the consumer side, like people, like, I feel like when you talk about people who were involved in the tech industry, I'm really jealous that we didn't grow up in the seventies because I felt like a lot of the really cool innovation came like through the seventies, eighties, the Spark was in the nineties, right? Like that stuff was really cool. Um, but that didn't impact most people like in the way that I felt like it touched us. Like we were the first generation that actually had the consumer impact. I would argue a little bit more, right? right? Like we had a lot of the toys and stuff that first became commercially available. Sure. Well, and like computers, even like even computers, there wasn't a computer in every household until the Bill late nineties or early two thousands, <laughs> and then all of a sudden everybody had a computer, and that was right as we were like hitting that that perfect point in childhood where we could understand and learn and have fun on a computer. Yes, it wasn't a business thing; it was a toy. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is a good example where you and I were even unique within our community because not everybody had a computer, but your dad did computer related things for many a year something he, not sure what he, t- he knew how to turn it on right <laughs> um and so you always had at least one computer that was working in your house and i uh, i also had i was always always one generation behind because my mom would frequently get um like a used family member's computer so you know i was running like 3.1 when windows 95 came out right, or whatever and slightly or like i remember in second grade teaching the librarians how to you know like like boot into windows or whatever like not hard, right? But like they didn't have any idea how to use a key, like right. how to use you know, DOS. Anyway, that's a little in the weeds, but <laughs> but we got but we were able to like have that exposure. And we got to play games, like and just having that basic like that basic exposure. It felt like gave us a big leg up when we were like dealing with stuff as we grew up tech wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, other than that, um, I guess I think rolling back even earlier than than our computer usage thinking of things like from i don't know kindergarten preschool kindergarten something like that and yeah. and up through like third or fourth grade like seeing where we were as kids and what we did for entertainment like yes there were times where you would sit down and you would play total annihilation or <laughs> warcraft or starcraft or whatever i don't remember when the, what years those came out yeah. that feels like late 90s yeah that was a little so, later somewhere somewhere in there um yeah. not that we wouldn't still play those games but we also did a lot of get on our bicycle and ride to a friend's house yeah, and a lot of squirt gun fights and water balloon fights and tackle football but yeah <laughs> right and i'm doing stuff like that and and then moving to where kids are now and that like they grew up with immediate access to any movie or tv show they want yeah, that's a good point and and 
video games, any video game they can pretty much dream of yep. exists. And that from as soon as they're able, uh, some kids have a tablet or a phone in their hand or a computer or something that that's a screen that's drawing them in instead of going out and experiencing the world. And I, I think of, of things like being in Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts. Like I learned a lot of like hands-on things as a kid, whether yeah. it was how to whittle a stick or how to use an axe or set up a tent or build a fire. And like kids now only know how to do those things if they need to in the moment. And if there's a YouTube video that tells them how to do it. Yeah, that's interesting. There's even a good corollary for me. So I was, I don't know why I didn't want to do boy Scouts. I remember that was like the one thing I said no to as a kid. I didn't have a good reason. I just decided I didn't like that or whatever, but on an interesting, like, you know, a tangent with that is that I did a limited amount of like, help around the farm and like by no means was i a farm kid like i'm not claiming that but like my you know my family has a farm and so i would go out and like pick rock or like shovel crap or like help you know throw hay bales or whatever like load it anyway so like those those types of things but like as an interesting aside from like that perspective even in rural iowa like i had that like i did it but very limited even and i would say that obviously like my dad's generation did a ton more of that right they're expected to help Absolutely. out with more of that right but even now seeing our friends kids who have that position today their kids do even less if any because the family farm as i know like this is not necessarily related but the family farm as we know it, is like dead and people just like rent their land out so not only is like rural culture becoming more like it, it's not only becoming more interested in technology and like doing things that are cool right it's there's less opportunity to do some of the more traditional things sure well and then on top of that you have all of the the farm technology mm-hmm. which is a whole like a whole nother topic of like yeah, four years mach- of experience to talk about that right, stuff. The, the machinery that, that exists now to to do the things that you used to do by hand and and I, I know again every generation there was some new thing you know from the horse to the tractor to the right. fancier tractor to the robot that goes out and just drives around the farm while you sit in your garage and remote control it right that's what that's what they do yeah yeah sounds right <laughs> um just runs on a, a line. It's like a trolley. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trolley. It's like the least efficient form of farming. <laughs> Whatever. It's re- but it's a great ride. Right. That's right. really what the kids are there for. Right. And we're opening our orchard next fall. It's going to be called Ian and Chase's mm, trolley Apple ride. Farm Fantasmic. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, each, each generation has, has had more technology that has enabled, um, a growing laziness yeah, uh, or maybe, and maybe that's not the right way to put it, but it, it feels something. So yeah, no, yeah. there's something there, right? Um, so one of the big concerns I feel like we're having as parents now is like, and you hear a lot about screen time, right? Like in how, how much you let your kid have something, right? And there's kids that are like really little have cell phones, which is crazy. And you know, we let Aubrey watch TV. Like she saw the TV on from a very early age, right? Like, and um, there are times when it's just like, if you need her like to, you know, if I need her to like be quiet for just a few minutes, like if we're out in public or whatever, like then she would like get her a little tablet or whatever to play a puzzle game or something. Right. And so like, and I would say that we've gone through this, like we've gone through a little bit of a cycle where it was like, no, we can't let her have anything. And then she hit like two and she became interested, like, and she like had like had interest before, but when she hit two, we're like, okay, now we can start introducing it a little bit or whatever. And so she got more of it. And I feel like we've reeled it back a little bit. So now it's even less than what she had. Um, and we're just more conscientious about it. And so I wonder if like, 
the same could be true on a meta scale for us. So like our parents didn't have any, we got pretty much all we wanted. Like I got as much screen time as it would be defined today as I wanted, like hours on the computer. Right. Right. Um, or get a game boy. Like those would be the, like the two main ways or, or watching TV. Right. Like, um, for passive and active entertainment. And so we got as much as we wanted. And now I feel like our kids are going to be like heavily monitored. Like, well, we saw what it did to all of us. Like we were on the computer way too much. Right? So I wonder if we're going to see the same like shift of like none to way too much and then re- you know, reel it back to some reasonable yeah. level. Well, I think, I think when you, whenever you go from one extreme to the other, you know, the only way to find the middle is, is to know what the extremes are. Yeah. So you, you, and I, I think there's, there's maybe like the, I don't, it's not a full generation between us and our kids. Yeah, but no. that that age range that falls between us and our kids. Yeah. You know, the kids that right now are in their teens, where they're. I think a lot of them are actually maybe just a little late to the infinite screen time, mm-hmm. but yeah. they are definitely uh, a far more plugged Digital in, native, blue blue light generation. Yeah, where blue light generation is that a thing? I, I, I don't know. It's, it seems like it's, that should be what it is, though, because yeah. every screen is blue light. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, they're, right. they're the generation that's, that's constantly on their phone. I mean, we've, the last week for us has been absolutely gorgeous. I don't, mm. I don't know what the weather out there has been, but it's been... Not as nice. Fan, it's been fantastic here. Like, talking high 50s, low 60s, even touch yeah, 70s. Yeah, 70, yeah. Uh, so, so we've been going on a walk almost every day, and... And the number of kids that I see is like we go to the park. So I, we've we take the stroller and mm-hmm. CJ and I and uh, Nigel all <laughs> go on a <laughs> go on a walk, and then we walk up past the park and around and come back. And then uh, Nigel and I play frisbee in the park, and uh, CJ just walks around with the stroller uh, unless unless baby's asleep, and then she'll right. park the stroller and she'll play catch with us or whatever. Right. And the number of kids I see that. Are, are in the park and they're they're playing soccer or they're playing volleyball or whatever, but they also have their phone in their hand and they're like actively using their phone at the same time. I'm like, it's just one and the same, right? Right. At, at some point, like that that can't that can't continue. Like we talked about the you know acceptable use of technology a, a couple weeks ago, and like what, where is that line? Like, yeah. If if you can't put your phone down for five minutes to play interact with a human whatever with like they're there they're like i'm here and i'm doing the physical action of volleyball or soccer kind of mm-hmm. yeah and at the same time i'm trying to respond to all of these snapchats or whatever they're doing like mm-hmm. at it some feels- point you have to go let's wind it back just a little bit and say the phone can go down you know set it down put it in the pocket whatever and and participate in this and then have your screen time separate because that's what i'm doing is like we get to the park and i put my phone in the stroller yeah. and i don't touch it again till we get home yeah because a i don't want to lose my phone running around and yeah. b there's there's nothing that important on it right now yeah that's that's really interesting there's this culture of like and i feel like i was really excited about my cell phone right like when we first got everybody is right and so you use it all the time i've gotten to the same point that you have where like i come home and i set my phone down and I don't check it. Like I do like a batch check at like every, like I'll check it. If I hear it go off, like a bunch of text messages, I'll check. Right. But otherwise I might only check it once, maybe twice a night. And so that way it's not in my pocket going off all the time or right. And I've even turned up my notification settings. You know, they've, I've customized all those. Right. So I'm only getting notifications on select things. 
But there's this culture of performing every task you have hand in hand with your cell phone, right? Like that's a thing. And so that's exactly what you've been talking about. And I actually had a friend that did a bunch of research on that and he, um, he coined it nomophobia. So, uh, a fear of not having your mobile device with you. And, and it's a little interesting because like people are, are notoriously bad at self-report, right? Like characterizing their own behaviors and feelings. So like if I was to ask you like, how comfortable would you be leaving your phone, you know, in the other room for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, right? Like, and you get some type of, you get, find some type of answers to that and you can see the discomfort rises over time. Um, but in the real world, when he would test this, uh, and like actually, you know, as opposed to just like asking your opinion on how long it would be, the, the numbers were strikingly smaller for, um, uh, for what people were comfortable with. So they like actually wanted their phone with them or like, could we take it out of like audible, you know, range or whatever, or, like, and it's just, it's interesting that, that we perceive everything that we perceive a lot of our importance as coming through the phone. Like that's our conduit to our greater social life. And so by removing that device, you're really, there's this perceived handicap that you're like, you're missing out on something, right? It's even like whatever, like FOMO, right? Like fear of missing out. And so like, it's all this opportunity cost that you're internalizing that you're, you're losing out on. So I don't know when that will shift. If it will shift, probably we'll just get brains like implanted in our heads. Right. And then you won't have to worry about it. So I think, I I think part of it too is, and I heard this on another podcast recently, um, that if they're listening, they'll, they'll know who they are. Um, that, that the, the connection that we have with other people, you know, when, when you look back at our parents' generation, there was a lot of like they were their head was buried in something it was a newspaper mm-hmm. or whatever and yeah, then they yeah. would have their little conversations with the people that they cared about and now now the phone has replaced that so you can have those conversations with the people you care about even if they're across the world from you because right. your path to them is through the phone right. and and so then it, it becomes a matter of like when is it convenient to have that conversation or you know who's available and yes there's there's a limit to like now i'm just on my phone staring at this screen because I have nothing else to do in this moment and I feel like I can't just sit silently. Yeah. But I think that also, you know, there's, there's a difference in the way we perceive our social world that, that now goes through, through the screen. But I think that that maybe gets even deeper than like where it is for kids, where I think it's just availability, you Mm -hmm. know? So I I think, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a big part of it now. Um, you know, rolling back even, even higher level is just everything is available to them. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's it's TV, it's your games, it's everything. It's it's through the screen, and that yep. that now you don't need to go out and do things to find entertainment because the entertainment is right there in your house, right there in your living room, right there in your hand. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, even thinking about thinking about my own social circles, like with respect to technology, I I mean, I have friends that I consider exclusively internet friends, or considered exclusively internet friends. Like they're people that I met playing World of Warcraft, and we spent years together. I mean, I've spent more time with a number of that circle of friends than I have in, with people that I have known in real life, you know, for years or whatever. And I've like I've I know I've spent more time with like contact hours with people online. And so, um, in like getting to meet them in real life in different ways or whatever, that's been wonderful. And it like helps like broaden that out a little bit, but still like, I, I think of people as like within these different circles and the friends that I have that are like my online friends, are sort of these, like, you know, not real sort of, they look slightly like their presence is slightly ethereal, especially until, until you meet them. Um, if you have the opportunity to meet them in real life, uh, 
uh, I feel like they just have a different weight to them. Like it's like it's a slightly different thing. And I've even argued. I remember arguing with my mom in the past. Not arguing necessarily, but like you know, like telling my mom my feelings about this. Like, oh yeah, these are my some of my best friends, right? Like the people I spend every night with. Like we spend five or six hours together, and it's we have this like close knit community. So I like, I'm I don't want to be too quick to judge you know people's need to have these to have these connections in this instant like connection with people because if you've grown up with it and those are the relationships that you've that you've built and you've and that you know um i think it's a little i think it's a little uh lofty and like short-sighted on someone like on part like our part at this time to be like you know what this is how you've built your relationships this is the way your social world works now i'm going to take this away for some percentage of the day i'm not saying that that's not the right choice overall maybe but I can see where like I feel like it's a little short-sighted of us to be like the 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 solution is to limit your amount of time on this thing because we've let you build all you let you build all these relationships and become comfortable with all these relationships in this way and now we're going to change the rules and so it feels a little unfair. It's like having the power go out or the internet dying when I'm in the middle of a raid. I'm like, no, why do I? I'm sitting alone in the dark now. What the? F- I was just with forty people. I have thirty nine, but anyway. <laughs> and now you're alone. And now I'm alone, right? Yeah. Um, do you? Uh, Sorry, go on, go on. I, I, I didn't have anything specific right there. Oh, good. Now let's take a break because I have some more things, but they're, they're probably good for after the quick break. So uh, so there's some interesting research that I've actually uh, been able to you know, hear hear about. in, the, And it's been a couple of years since I heard this, so definitely things can change, right? But as like a couple of years ago, I remember that you know Sarah and I were using Snapchat a lot. Um, it was still relatively novel. Like I just looked at their chart of like daily active users yesterday, and I think in 2014 it was something like 50 million, and they're up to 160 or something like that. The whole point of the chart was showing that the growth has slowed, but they're still growing. Um, anyway, so you can imagine like this is at a time when Snapchat is still relatively novel, and it kind of still and it still has the stigma, like the public stigma of being like the sex texting, you know, like sending illicit photos application. Right. But um, Sarah and I. Um, no comments on that use, Ian. I'm not going to tell you about how we use Snapchat in my personal life, but no. But we we have been you using don't. it for a while, <laughs> unless you're at home okay. on an old God phone. Damn. damn you, damn you, and your truths. Um, so Ian knows my real behavior, which is I don't use it because I have Snapchat on a second phone, which only gets checked daily, if that. And so as we were using it more, I was using it more at the time. Um, Sarah and I used it prim- primarily to take photos of our daughter, right? So when she was born in 2013, we started using Snapchat and got my grandma and my mom and Sarah's mom and family. Like that it was our that was our way to let friends and family. I think we've talked about the Snapchat like mm-hmm. social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was our way to like share these little intimate moments as opposed to like the highlight reel, which is Facebook. Right. Um, okay, so. Imagine that's the time, like, our paradigm of Facebook is we're using it as a family sharing tool. Like, we, like, Snapchat with friends, like, oh, you know, we'll send a picture of Goofy Picture, and I don't think they had filters yet or whatever. It was just silly stuff, right? Right. Um, or people even just use it for, like, sometimes you use it as just maybe just a text. I'm like, why aren't you just texting? Why would you, why don't you, just, why don't you put text on screen? So then I hear this research about how adolescents are actually using, like, these different programs and what their behavior is from jumping from ecosystem to ecosystem and accounts and stuff. And it's fascinating to me because Snapchat was um, – it was all about – they use Snapchat specifically as a device, as the like cheap security option for texting because they wanted to know that their friends didn't have a copy of the text. Right. And if they did have a copy, it would have been through a screenshot, which Snapchat was alerting you right away if that was right. happening. Um, so I was like, oh, that's fascinating. They're using it as a burner like mechanism to right. talk with each other, like every, a cheap way to do that. Every message has a, an ex- has a expiration, has expiration date. date. Yeah, exactly. 
so that was interesting. I mean, obviously, you can like relay it, but they wouldn't have as much. It would be less likely that somebody had proof of some text being sent, right? Sure. So that was interesting. And then, um, or they'd know if they, if you did do it. And then, um, so they talk about that. And then I, I learned that, like, okay, that's interesting. And then you get into these, like, the streaks. And those were introduced sometime around that time, like, where you could see, like, how many days you'd been, like, tech going back and forth. And so there's this whole culture about, like, people only, like, they have to Snapchat every day because they need to keep their daily streak alive to get that number higher. And I was like, oh, my, I didn't even realize that there was a number. Like, I didn't know that. I was just I, blind to that. Is, is this where you got the people where they would, like, hire a friend when they yes. were on vacation yeah, article. to... Yeah. Keep to, their streak alive. to keep the streak alive and it's like all you have to do is every day go on it it could just be a picture of the floor or whatever that's it's right just, that's just right. make sure yeah. that this doesn't stop yeah, that's exactly right right so that's a whole thing i was like oh that's bizarre and then the thing that i found more interesting was like was the like the user like sort of ecosystem slash um profile behavior because and i and i'm not gonna speak for you but i assume we have similar feelings on this where i have like my online presence my online identity tied up in a few different platforms right but i generally try to use a same if not very similar handle across them Mm -hmm. and so you know it's like relatively easy or you can know it's me or whatever right um and i learning that how adolescents use that today is they don't use like they have their public profile one that we like i consider like oh i have like a facebook profile i have a snapchat account i have a, a i would have an instagram page right um which I think I do technically, but I don't know if I've ever checked. I think I entered a contest with it, but um, finding out that they have their primary one that so that they're friends with their mom and their grandma, right? Because they're perpetuating like, oh, Facebook is for old people, right? Right. But like, really, what's happening is they all have alt accounts, and there's that they make these like groups that are like, they're like you know, sex photo sharing groups. So, like you know, they trade like you know, photos that they like force their like force the girls in their like you know in their group or whatever to take photos and they trade them like currency. And then there's like, so that's a whole like gross subculture thing. That's, and it's on Facebook and they like, and there's a little bit of snickering too, because it's like happening right underneath their parents' noses. Right. Right. Um, because they have all these private groups or whatever. And then you have things like, um, uh, platform swapping. So, or fl- platform hopping or um handle hopping so like now they have their alt accounts for like instagram and they'll do things like post a picture of themselves like doing some like provocative photo if it doesn't get enough likes within a certain amount of time they take the photo down like that wasn't a successful photo like i can't have something with like 17 likes like it needs to have 100 or whatever right so that's i'm like oh i never thought about deleting the thing that didn't reach your like fame mark right? right to show that it was like popular enough and then so that's another one. And then the last one, which I thought was super fascinating, was with the alt accounts. You'd have your alt account. You go, um, and it's, like, cool. Like, the cool kids have it, right? The cool kids are, like, using whatever it is. And then um, the cool kids are using Snapchat. And then all of a sudden, everybody else figures out about Snapchat. And they're like, oh, what's your Snapchat name? I want to add you, right? And then you do that. And they add people. And then the cool kids abandon those accounts. And they make new accounts on that platform. Or they hop platforms. Right. So, so like, you, oh, now we're all doing Instagram. Or now we're right. all doing so, so you move from MySpace to Facebook to Twitter to Snapchat. To yeah. Instagram, but, back to Snapchat, to but, WhatsApp. But, like they, but they listed like all these other ones that I'd never heard of. Like, because obviously there's a ton of these. Competitors, oh, sure. Right? Yeah. So they just hop between all these like different social media competitors that like you and I don't give a shit about because we're like, oh, unsuccessful venture or crappy venture or like. But they're all using them as like platforms to hop and stay away from like the normies, right, or whatever. Right? <laughs> it's craft. So, so for them, it's it's all about. Uh, just staying under the radar, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's about being cool, it's, having exclusive exclusivity, right? And and, and whatever whatever it is, it's it's I want this thing that's that's cool within my group. It's you know it years and years and years and years ago, we used to be we were an MSN messenger community. Yes, and right. People were an AOL we're messenger, yeah. right? And and like it, this would be like the equivalent of like okay, so now my entire group of friends is all just going to like abandon MSN okay, Messenger aim. and switch over to AIM. Right. That's right. Because, yeah. Yeah, because, like that. because nobody else is there and let's say my 
uh, for me for MSN Messenger. Like I know that my aunt and my grandma and my mom all had MSN Messenger accounts. Right. So it's right. like, oh, I don't want them to see my like status message or whatever. So <laughs> like you'd make a second account and it was like, Oh, you can, people can talk to me here, but if they actually want to talk to me, they're over here. Yes. And, and yes. And that actually we had those, like we had secondary, right. And tertiary accounts. Or, yeah. Some of I, you specifically had at least three, if I recall me. Yeah. You, I don't think, I think so. You, yes, you did. I know you did. And I Maybe don't think two. you did them for, well, no, you had three because you had, you had like two non Ian email hand, like email addresses that you used. Cause it would show up as your email address. Huh, I don't and remember then you had that. Ian one. Because, we, I mean, like, we all had, like, phony ones. Like, mine was, like, you know, Twist902 at Hotmail or something. Like, like nobody sure, had, right. like, the real name. Like, very right. few people had the real name. But I remember you specifically. Because you had, oh, I remember. Holy shit. You had um, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious something in your name. I remember that was, like, the second account. And then you had your one with your actual name. Okay. That's anyway. I, I may have had two. It's and, possible. And, and you know what? I think, I think for me, it was it, 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 it falls right in line with this. So I guess it's it's just... It, we're, every, everybody's just following the pattern. It's just new platforms. But I think it was because if, if somebody asked me for my... Or my uh, MSN, yeah, 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 name, MSN name, I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to give them the good one. In the good one, right? Because I didn't, yeah. I didn't actually want to. I, and this, and talk now, now I look back and I'm like, God, I'm such an asshole. Like, <laughs> but I, I just didn't want to talk to them. So it was like, instead of just saying, "Oh, I don't have it," or "No thanks," or whatever, like I was like, "Oh, I'll just be polite and give you the fake one, not the fake one, the the other other one, or whatever." Right. And and you can add that one. And once a month, I might check it and just right. see I if I, I missed anything. Yeah, I, I just yeah. I'm never on. I yeah. Meanwhile, everybody else is like, "Oh, I was chatting with Ian the other day." <laughs> Is that what they're saying? I, probably not. And that's why you didn't chat with me, you asshole. That's so super popular. No, it wasn't. You know what? As we talk about this, I'm just realizing like nothing changes because that's, the, that's the, what I'm saying. Like it's yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. new platforms yeah. for the same thing. Do you, you want to hear the you want to hear the really sad? Here I'm going to make a here's an on, here's honest honest talk with Chase. Um, we at one point we uh, there was someone who we weren't. Um, I should be smoking a cigar right now. Uh, there was somebody who in our group at the time were like, we don't know if we want to hang out with them. And so like, and I, I think many groups do this. It's embarrassing today to talk about it. And I feel like an, a total asshole and we've said sorry or whatever in the, in the past over, over this thing. But um, there was an individual who we were like, Oh, we're going to tell them we're going one place and you know, we'll meet them there and then the, we won't go there. Right. So it's like giving them the alt address of where we're all going to meet. And then like worst case scenario is like, they would have to like, like we'd be like, oh yeah, follow me out, and then you'd have them follow. Like one person would lead them out, and it would be um, no one there, right? And they're like, oh ha ha, and you drive away, and they're like confused and sad, and that's so mean. But like now, I'm just a total. I'd sound like a total douchebag, but right. Um, but it's 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 the difference of it's like shit that kids do that I like. Yeah, but it also falls perfectly in line with this because so, yeah. Now now the difference is instead of <clears throat> showing up to a place where nobody is. Yeah. That place is the inter- on the internet. Yeah, you so get them the empty so, handle. So yeah. at, at least, I mean, I, I'm sure. It, obviously, I don't. I don't know. I was, I was not the kid getting it wasn't left that. behind, and I was also. Uh, I'm also not a kid now, but I assume, well, kind of. Um, but <laughs> I assume that either. I, I assume that it's it maybe slightly less painful. Outwardly. To, mm. to show up to a place and have nobody there and realize you've been duped and now you're standing at the movie theater by yourself versus like sitting in your bedroom and then like 
opening up Snapchat and realizing that no one has sent you anything because you have a bunch of fake accounts. My guess is that the the shitty factor, the weight of that shitty factor, probably isn't much different. Right? Like it could just be. Getting, yeah, betrayed by. It's because our life was so hard friends. when we were kids. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> just to clarify, I have as an adult, I have gone back, gone back, and apologized, and uh, you know that's like. And that's a, that's a whole other thing, man. There's like there's something to talk about, you know, like things that you go back and how do you deal with them? Like what's the approach on that? And like and I've used technology like in unique ways to do that, right? So like what is the um, retrospective? Like yeah, this I is getting back to like the Facebook. Like I want to go back and look at my old history and like what I wrote to people and like how do I like crop this screenshot it send it to someone say sorry delete it you can't have it though right like or maybe you send it as a burner send it as a snapchat right right um anyway <clears throat> yeah so yeah so kids are kids are assholes right like that feels like a big that's really what it comes today. down to yeah kids are assholes and technology is giving them new ways to be assholes and you know that didn't exist prior and I, yeah. and so the thing that probably has risen the most is like the troll factor right because now you can have people intentionally being assholes and and they have a lot. They have a lot more freedom to be an asshole to other children, which is really sad. And so this is like, and I don't, you know, this is a sad byproduct of having so much. I have so much availability and so much, um, you know, so a much more connected world. Is that kids are probably meaner, and it probably promotes a, you know, a culture of bullying and, you know, like those types of negative social social interactions more than the people who are making these products and you know services would like. Anyway, uh, so that's sad. Uh, hopes for the future. Spin it up with a optimism train. Woo woo! And I hope that our kids don't go through this. Damn it! I'm just depressed now because I was just thinking about an article I read about um, about how kids force the girls to like to take sex photos or whatever, and like, and they trade them like currency. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm scared for my daughter and your daughter, and I'm gonna be. I'm going to be unreasonably hard on my son, right? Like, like you do not do this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so maybe they'll listen to this someday. And if they do, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I also, am listening to all your devices. Also. Hi guys. How are you? <laughs> Hope you're Blast having a great day. Blast from the past. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the big thing, I, I think that the one upside is because we were the generation who grew up on both sides of the, technology accessibility oh, yeah. yeah 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 that that we have grown up seeing these things happen or at least knowing about these things that happen mm-hmm. and so there's the hope that you can you know alert your kids to like if somebody's asking you to send them pictures like this like yeah. don't like it's on the internet literally forever like watch google my name and find out what happened like find out what comes up i'm sure there's pictures of me on the on on the google from from who knows where yeah. and and they were out there once and now they're out there forever yeah um and and so things like that like reminding them of things like that reminding them to be a good person and obviously you know how you raise your kids makes a huge difference but it doesn't change the fact that they're going to be they're going to experience it though they're right? going to be jerk kids and they're going to be kids that that try to exploit other kids and whatever. Yeah. And, and who knows what will be around in five, 10, 15 years yeah. that, that exists to further make that worse. You know, how, how much more real will it get? Is, is it to the yeah. point where it's like, you know, people move from shooting pictures that are private to shooting video that's public yeah. and, and embarrassing your kids that way. I mean, it happens. Yeah. 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 Oh, on, that depressing thought uh limit screen time as you see fit don't uh don't 
I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of this is like me painting my fears, right, on my on our children, right? Like us yeah. painting our fears on our children, like, and try not to be too pushy. So, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a, there's a balance there. So we have to do the do the adult thing and yeah, try to find that try to try to find the right balance for our kids. It's tough. And- and and make sure that they they know the world outside of their phones, which I think is I think it's a super critical thing in in twenty seventeen America yeah. and the world as it is now. Like, yeah, rolling back from technology a little bit. And like I said, you, people knew before technology existed. Now we know all the way up through like kind of the the far edge of what technology can do and what what doors it does open. Let's yeah. try to find the space somewhere in the middle where where things yeah. are not so not so depressing. Yeah, you know, I I will say that like being in Redmond, um, there's it is a weird bubble here for a variety of reasons. Um, but one of the things that's been an upside with like kids and going out is that on days when it's like decent out, which is a, a good number of them, right? Like parks are generally pretty busy, and there's a decent and there's a lot of kids out playing. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a byproduct of having like an area that has a lot of people, but also because, you know, you have limited good days. So when there are good days, they really, it really brings people out and they're right. not all stuck on their phone. So, right. That's and I, positive. And I, I, I will admit, I, I do see a lot of people out in our neighborhood as well. I think, and that's right. another thing too is just like the the area you come from, like, can make a huge difference. So yeah, for sure, for sure. So thanks, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if there'll be any specific show notes, but there might be. So you can find those at interface.fm/slash forty-four. Of links to the there. research stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can you can find links to our our social things, which is basically our Facebook, our Reddit, our uh, Twitter. Uh, links to the podcast so you can subscribe if you're not subscribed or um, if you do subscribe we appreciate it and with that we'll be back next Monday and every Monday like clockwork what's funny about this is that i never i mean i was obviously on icq and talking to people but i ran trillion like we've talked about this right so i so did i for a while yeah yeah so like we had because we had to have uh, you know had msn was our school mm-hmm. i had to aim up for people in mason city and then also okay. um like other online like so a few online people that played games they were aim people um and then icq was my primary gaming circle so i had icq aim and msn going simultaneously and i think there was support for having multiple msn accounts if i'm not if i'm not mistaken that, that because could be you, how i did it because, yeah because you had like you know they're just drop down menus they were really gross interfaces right like it'd be like of course. <laughs> it'd be ian ian's account right and then drop down it would have like 100 people and then you'd have too fast too furious <laughs> yeah. I, i'm pretty sure that was like it was not your email but it was like you set your status which then had like and it had like graphics or like emoji esque things in it and everything. There, you could find yeah. some and, and put them in there. Yes. Yeah, I remember. You had like it was flames it was, in that it, one. It was like Skype type emojis where it was like its own little emoji set. Yes, it was. Um, yeah. And I, I also know that I had uh, an AIM account that I used because when I went to Dorian mm-hmm. for the couple mm-hmm. summers that I went there, music music camp for music our, camp, all your yeah. discerning listeners. Yes. Yeah. This is the after show, right? Um. There were people that I met from other schools, and if their school happened to be an AIM school, yep. I had to have an AIM account. So then I, I, so we exchanged there. So I would have conversations on AIM with those people, and then conversations on MSN with all of our people. Yep, absolutely. Was that and then um, was Yahoo Messenger 
Was that I, in there at that time? I never used it I if it was. I didn't ha- Yeah, I didn't. I felt like it was a thing because I remember. Huh. I remember. I thought that was a thing, but maybe it wasn't. 